Father God, we praise you and we lift your name on high. We glorify you for who you are. Man, that's, that's so true. That we just want you. We get so caught up with so many things that we want and so many things that we desire. We set our goals. We make our plans. We have Some of us have a five-year plan and a three-year plan, and those are great. And a 10-year plan, and it's awesome. And a business plan, that's, that's wonderful. All of those things without you, it's nothing. Marriage without you, it's nothing. Having a family without you, it's nothing. Success without you, nothing. Nothing matters. The only thing that matters is you. You're it. This is what we're going to learn today that, that Enoch did. He, the only thing that mattered with Enoch is for 300 years, he walked with you for 300 years. His number one purpose was to seek you and just to be with you. It's what Mary found when she was at, at your feet, Jesus. While Martha was doing all the work, Mary was doing all the listening. We get so caught up doing so much that we don't walk with you enough. We don't sit with you enough. We don't listen to you enough. Lord, as we go into this series more, into this, this life of faith, Lord, I pray that you teach us to walk in this, this life of faith. Lord, I pray that you, you help us to just receive what your word has for us. I thank you for the worship team. I thank you for who they are. I thank you for how you've, 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 led, you've led them to lead us into your presence, Father. We praise you. We glorify you. We lift you up and exalt your name. For there is no one above you. Jesus, you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. Holy Spirit, you're, you're our advocate. You're the one that goes up to heaven and speaks before us. You, you intercede for us every day. And we're grateful to you. And God, thank you for loving us. We praise you, we glorify you, and we lift your name on high. And all of God's people say, give God a praise offering. He's worthy of it. You guys are welcome to have a seat. Man, I'm just telling you, I, I'm just grateful to the Lord uh, for a lot of things. But I really am. I'm, I, I can't say this enough. I'm grateful to the worship team. They have done a phenomenal job uh, uh, leading us into just just experiencing God and going to talk a lot today about the experiencing God. Before I do that, I have a couple, a couple of quick announcements, right? So know that we've talked about this, that, uh, come, um, Easter, we're going to have two services. If I could have the house lights up a little bit, I would appreciate it. Uh, so we have, we have Easter service. We have two services at nine and 11 o'clock. So be prepared for that. So start inviting some friends to come over and, and not all of you come at nine, right? Because then all of a sudden we're not going to have any, you know, we won't have any room, but just, just be aware of that. That's important. Also know that tomorrow we have a, the women's Bible study here in this room. So ladies, you're, there's going to be food and fellowship. So you're welcome to be here. Uh, I think it starts at seven. It's, it's up there. There you go. It starts. I don't see it. Sorry. Um, also something brand new that's coming in the future for the 20 somethings. Uh, we're going to do a ministry for the 20-somethings, and we're really excited about that. Um, they're going to just just listen for further instructions as we move on. We'll give information about that. Um, I will spend one month with them and, and going through a Bible study, but they'll break off into their own groups and do something kind of like what, what, what the women are doing and what the, what the men are doing. We want the 20-somethings to do something. So if you know anybody in their 20s, just listen for further instructions for that. We'd love to, to share that with you. Next thing, get out your phones. We have version now. Those of you who are, yes, those of you, those of you who use version, you're, you're excited about it. Those of you who don't use version, you're going, what is it? It's a wonderful thing. If you get out your phone and if you have uh, the Bible app version. when you get to the bottom right-hand side, there are three or four bars, and you'll click on that bar. And once you click on those bars, it'll give you a whole menu on the, right, on the left side. And the part that says events, you click on events, okay? 
Uh, if you don't know, look to a person who knows what they're doing and ask them to help you. We'd love to help you with that. You click on it. You click on events, and then it'll have my church on there, and it'll say live. All right, this is important because you click on that. Because once you click on that for one week, for the whole week, you'll have you'll have all the slides, and you'll have the small group question that you guys were taking pictures of last week. We have the small group questions on there, so that that'll it'll show you where to go. But my favorite thing about you version, when you see the pictures on the bottom right-hand side of a picture, there's a, a little, you know, some of those of you that know, like send it to. There's a, a box with an arrow on top. All right, that's where you can write all your notes. So when you get to truth number one, if, there's, if you're a note taker, you write all those notes down and then you can email it to yourself. And you can even send it out through a text message if you want to, but it'll help you to keep all your information stored so you have something to share with someone if you're going to do a small group. So I encourage you to do this. If you're going to do a small group or if you just want to do your Bible study by yourself or if you want to lead your home, I encourage you to do a small group with your home. You could go over the notes and what you learn, and you can go over the pictures, but you go over the small group questions, and then you'll get a better understanding, a deeper understanding of what we're learning today. So I'm, I'm encouraged about that. The other thing is it'll be on the website until um, Jesus comes home, right? But but on the U version, it's only up for one week. So make sure you save it so now you'll have it all the time. Um, the next thing, we have... We finally have gotten, and I want to thank Noe and all the tech. These are all the technological people in the background who don't, who you never see, but they do all this stuff for you. We now have podcasts. We, we kind of stopped doing podcasts for a while. We're back to having podcasts. So if you go to, to whatever podcast engine you go to and you go to my church through Apple there, uh, you'll have it on there and you can hear the message. So we're really excited about that. Could you guys give it up to the technology team and the support team? Let me tell you who they are, what, who they are and what they do. Who they are is they're evangelists. They don't have to preach the message. They don't have to teach the message. But God has given them a skill set so the message can be preached. So you can have it and you can use it. So we're really excited about that. Okay. Before I get into the message, I want to I thank someone who's a dear person in my life. And we don't get to talk a whole lot because he's busy winning games. And it's Noe Cantu. I love you, Noe. No, no, he doesn't want any recognition. He hates me right now, and I understand that. But I talk about how Rudy is, is a great coach, and he is a great coach, and he's won a lot, he's won a lot of games. He's, won, he's almost at 800, or, which is, you think about it, that's a lot of basketball games. Noe is the, probably the winning, he is the winningest coach in the span of four years in the history of San Antonio. For four years in a row, he's taken his team to the final four. He's won two state championships and he's been to the state finals three out of those four years so no he comes to church i love him i think the world of him he teaches his guys uh just just not just how to win but he loves them so i want to recognize him and i love him and appreciate him so no i thank you for who you are appreciate you Whew. got nothing but champions around here that's what i like and that's what god makes he makes his champions in christ all right so I think those are all the announcements. Oh, I think I've forgotten one other one with your phones. If you haven't done it yet, uh, make sure you get this barcode and, and you, take, you, you get your camera and look at it if you haven't done this already because we send you messages. I'm going to send you an article this week on how the church is still influential even though some people think the church is really critical right now. I'm going to send you some statistics and information probably on Wednesday, an article on helping you understand how you are the light of the world. And there's a lot of things that church is doing in the world, even though some people think, oh, the church are just a bunch of judgmental people. You'll, you will see how incorrect that is when you look at the numbers. So we'll send all that to you. We'll send you scriptures. We'll give you uh, inspirational quotes throughout the week just to keep you going. Announcements. Some of you got the announcement about the women having a Bible study tomorrow. So that's how we'll connect with you and, and, and continue to stay with you again. That's one more time. That's the technology team. All right, and, and so just like the worship team leads us to the altar of Christ, the technology team gives you, creates all these venues for you to get truth and equip yourself, okay? Because we are a Bible church. We firmly believe in the word of God and we trust the word of God and what it does for us. And the more ways we can send you the word of God, the better off you're gonna be. So we talk about it all the time. You're only as good as your training. So let's make sure that we get trained. All right, with that said, 
this, this theme on faith. We learned last week about, about Abel and how Abel listened to God. And because Abel listened to God and he, he trusted God and he put his faith in God and he put his faith in the, in, in, in the sacrifice of an animal because that's what he saw and his parents basically told him when, when they sinned, an animal had to die and the blood of an animal had to basically cover their sin that Abel listened to God and he gave a blood sacrifice to God. And because he gave a blood sacrifice to God, he was, he was received because of his faith in God because he knew what God wanted and what was at God's heart. That leads us to Christ, right? So now the blood of Christ is the, that blood that, that is powerful. Can I tell you something about the blood of Christ? It never changes. The power of the blood of Christ is stronger than your sin. And you need to hear that. Because sometimes we think, oh, I don't feel saved. You're placing your faith on your feelings instead of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. That, that's the same all the time. And its power has never diminished. That power of the blood of Jesus Christ covers you and cleanses you and makes you whiter than snow. So whenever you're doubting your salvation... Remember that your, your wishy-washy faith, if you're doubting your salvation, you're placing, I mean this, your wishy-washy faith on your feelings and on your circumstances. Let me tell you something about my faith. My faith used to be wishy-washy because I placed it on feelings and I placed it on circumstances. I placed it on my performance. I placed it on my behavior. I placed my salvation on me. Until the day came when I understood that when I placed my faith in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and how perfect his blood is and my salvation is based on him and not me, my faith no longer became wishy-washy. And I pray that you learn the power of the blood. I'm getting into Easter a little bit, but just just want you to understand the beauty of the, of the blood of Christ and what it does for you. So, so with that said, that's what Abel did. Abel, Abel trusted the Lord. Abel put his faith in the Lord. And because he put his faith in the Lord, he listened to the Lord and he, he obeyed the Lord. Today, we're going to talk about Enoch. And I said it in the prayer. Enoch walked with Jesus for three, I mean, with, with God for three hundred years. People always ask, how can people live so long back in the Old Testament, right? So like, you know, I, I think it was Adam lived over 900 years. One of his sons, Seth, lived over 900 years. Enosh, Adam's grandson, lived over 900 years. Why did they live over 900 years? Well, how else God in all of his infinite wisdom had to make people live longer so they could multiply and, and the earth could populate. I mean, that, that's, that's what theologians believe. Some people say that the years were shorter. I don't, I don't buy that. I just don't see, oh, we're going to make the years longer all of a sudden. I just don't see that. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But people lived longer during that time. And this is the most amazing thing about Enoch. So, so there's this, if you read Genesis chapter 5, there's some interesting things, right? So it's like Adam lived 900 plus years and then he died. Seth lived 900 plus years and then he died. Enosh lived 900 plus years and then he died. Enoch lived a certain amount of years and he was no more. All of a sudden there's this radical change. Everybody died. Everybody died. Everybody died. God took him. What's the distinction? What do you, what do you mean God took him? God was so pleased with him, says, you're coming home with me. I don't even want you to experience that. I want you to come home right now. And that's kind of a, a glimpse of, of the rapture. It's kind of a, a foreshadowing of the church. It's kind of a like, look, there's death, there's death, there's death, there's death, there's life. There's a certain group of people that are my sons and daughters. Come on, somebody say amen to that. There's a certain special group of people that I have chosen. Turn to someone and say, I've been chosen by God. Go on, tell them, tell them. You've been chosen by God. And, 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 and if you've trusted Christ, then he's chosen you and you're going to go, you're not going to be like everyone else, death, 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 death. It's like duck, 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 goose. You've been given life. Your cycle is different than everybody else's. So what we're going to learn today from Enoch is what is so special about Enoch. Well, we'll learn that faith walks with God. Next week, I'll talk about Noah. 
And when I talk about Noah, I'll talk about how faith fears God. And I'll, when I talk about fearing God, don't think like they're just, <laughs> I mean, there is that, there is that. But there's this reverence and awesome wonder and respect for who God is. Respect the office of God and respect his power and his wonder. I'll talk about that next week. But today I want to talk about, about Enoch. Truth number one that I want to share with you, and I love this, this picture. It, it kind of helps us understand something beautiful and powerful. The spirit seeks to please God. All right, so, so our flesh, our flesh doesn't seek God. Our flesh is self-sufficient, self-reliant, self-dependent. It's all about self, self, self. I love me. It's all about myself. Nobody else. Everybody lives for me. Everybody serves me. It's what I want, when I want, how I want it, and y'all have to submit to me. That's the flesh. So when, when the flesh says, I love you, what it's really saying is I love you because you're going to give me something I need. That's not love. That's, 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 that's the world's definition of, of love. It's kind of like they're, they're, it's just, it, the flesh just takes. It doesn't give. It doesn't desire to serve. It doesn't desire to love. It doesn't desire to help. It just wants for itself. And, and I will tell you, it's unquen it has a desire that's unquenchable. No matter how much yourself wants, it's never going to be enough. It's never enough. So, so you try to, you, it directs you, it guides you, it gives you a little bit of a drive to a certain point, but in, in, to a certain point, it kind of ruins and destroys everybody's lives. And the self doesn't care who it destroys as long as it gets what it wants. All right? Because that's the one thing that attracted Eve about the fruit. You will be like God. I will be like God. You will be like God. Give me some of that power. Give me that office. That's what the flesh desires. Now, the spirit of God is something totally different. And the spirit of God comes into our lives because this is going to lead me to, to walking in the spirit. Because if I'm going to talk to you about how Enoch walked with God, I've got to teach you and show you how we walk in the spirit and what the spirit does to us. There's so many things that the Holy Spirit does to us in our lives that I don't think you understand. Here's what the one thing the, the, the Spirit of God will do. The Spirit of God will teach you and it will create in you a new heart. It will create in you a new spirit. It will bring to life your dormant spirit and, as, as you, and you become a spiritual man through the Spirit of God and a spiritual woman through the Spirit of God. And now you have a different culture and a different language that now no longer seeks to just desire what you want, when you want, how you want it at the cost of anybody. Now the Spirit of God God, which communicates to you, now all of a sudden starts to, starts to sanctify you. It starts to gift you with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faith, self-control, which wasn't there. It was there for you, but now it's there for God and it's there for the people of God. And now your love changes when the spirit of God comes into you. Because as he sanctifies you, as he cleanses you, he starts guiding you and he starts directing you into having an intimate personal relationship with God. This has nothing to do with religion. This has nothing to do with this building. This has nothing to do with the technology or the mortar and the brick or that guitar or, or this table. No, it has to do with what he does inside of you. So as Enoch starts walking with God, there's this unbelievable intimacy. There's this amazing relationship that he has with God. Just, just for a second, 30-second time out. Do you have a child in particular that walks with you? That's just your chicle. That's just your little gum. That just, just, they're always with you, and, and, and they... they, they they love you and you love them and it's chiflado, then chiflada. They're a little spoiled there, but in the middle of that spoiledness, there's, there's a little something about walking with them and them walking with you because they love you and they, they want to be in your life. And, and you have a, a you, have, you love all your children, don't get me wrong. But there's always that one. Capiche? Right? You understand that. And, and, and they just, they just want to be with you. It's, they're, they're, part of their greatest joy is just being with you. 
That's what Enoch had with God. All these other people in the world are walking, doing their own thing. They're walking, living their life. This person's walking in this direction, walking in that direction. They're walking towards their goals. And again, I'm not against goals. I'm not against that. They're they're walking towards all these definitions of what they think success is and all of that. But Enoch was different than everybody else because everybody else that was chasing all those things, they all died. They all died. They experienced death. Enoch had something that nobody else had. Enoch would wake up in the morning and go, Lord, I want what you want. Uh, where are you walking today? Where are you going today? I just want to, I want to be your chicle. I want to be next to you. I, 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 I don't want to leave you. It seems like every time I go chase and do something else, it's just not right. There's something missing. I just, that last song, I didn't tell David to play that song. I didn't tell David, hey, I'm going to talk about this so you, you sing about this. David picks the songs a month in advance. So the Lord just kind of goes, hey, that last song, I just want you that's Enoch's theme song. Hey, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I get, hey, I just want you. Enoch had that. And my prayer for you, now that the Holy Spirit lives in you, and the Holy Spirit, by the way, that, that was us a couple of minutes ago. I saw some of y'all raising your hands. And no one, t- did, did David tell you to raise your hands? Did he? Oh, all right, he did, all right. But, but, but did it feel right? It did, right? It felt right. It's just this outward expression of what's going on inwardly. Because this is what Cain was doing. Cain was trying to look good. Cain was trying to make everything outward, activities, everything outward while Abel and follow the path of Enoch, for them it's not how good you look outwardly. It's about an inward relationship with God where when you get baptized, you don't get baptized so everybody can see, look, I'm getting baptized. And by the way, we're doing baptisms pretty soon. I'll give announcements on that later on. But it's not about, hey, I want everybody to see me get baptized. You don't do it for the audience of 100 or 200 or 2,000 people. You get baptized for the audience of one which is your father. I'm getting baptized because of what you've done to me, Lord, and how you've changed me. See, this is the intimacy that Enoch had with God, and that's why Enoch walked with God for over 300 years. When I get to truth number two, I'll talk about the, the manifestation of God and the omnipresence of God, but, but, but I, I want to I get to this because I want you to understand the Holy Spirit in you is guiding you and directing you to always seek God, to always search his heart, to always seek his truth, to always desire what he desires. The Holy Spirit is constantly changing you. He's molding you. But on top of that, he he not only, when you're saved, he, he seals, God seals you with the Holy Spirit. And I'll explain what that means in a second. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit, which means you're property of God. Which means Satan, he can't touch you. Oh, he'll, he'll try to bully you. He'll try to influence you. He'll speak, he'll speak in your ear, reminding you of what you've done in the past. He'll do that. But he has no authority over you because you're God's property. Could you give him a praise offering for that? It's kind of like God puts no trespassing. You can't trespass here. You're not allowed to. She's my daughter. He's my son. And there's nothing you can do about that because the blood, the blood has sealed, the blood has cleansed them. The Holy Spirit, they're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So now they've got, they've got the blood of Christ, the, the cross of Christ, the, the tomb of Christ, and the spirit of, of, of God. Man, that's a powerful, that's a powerful force that you have. So I'm telling you, when you walk with God, you walk with a little more pep in your step. You walk with a little more certainty. Does that mean that things are not going to go wrong? No, things will go wrong all the time. The difference is you have the solution in Christ. You have the strength in Christ. You have the peace in Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit gives you. Now, if you have that, but you don't walk with God, you're not going to have the peace that God offers you. It's like, like saying you love someone and you never call them. 
Good luck. We're, we're in a relationship. What have you seen each other? Two years and two months ago. Well, that's not a relationship. That's not a, no, a relationship is, is that, that beautiful walk with each other. This is what Enoch had. And because he had it, man, he had so much peace. Can I tell you something? You want your marriage to get better? Everybody should say amen. You should. Don't think, we've already made it. We'll see how that's working. Walk with God. But don't walk with God separately. This person isn't perfect, and this person isn't perfect. Does this person make mistakes? Yes. Does this person break promises? Yes. Uh, Do we both need to forgive each other? Yes. You're not going to make it in marriage if you don't forgive each other. But you don't know what he did. You don't know what she did. I don't know what he did. And I don't know what she did. But I know what God did. And I know who God God is. And if you start walking together with God, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Now, you might not like each other for a while. For some of you, it may be years. (laughs) I hope not. But, But walk together and walk with God and let the power of the Holy Spirit which seeks to please God better your marriage by bettering you. Enoch figured it out. Look, I I just, I just, I get up every day and I'm just going to walk with him. What does that look like? Just, I seek him. My question to you as we move on here is this. How often do you walk with God? I gave you, I'm I'm not here, first of all, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to criticize you. I'm not here to to check up on your, your, your reading plan for the word of God. I'm not here to do that. What I am here to tell you is what will happen if you do that. You will see through the life of Enoch how God blessed him and what walking with God does for your life. Okay? Let's give you some scripture. All right. This is Romans chapter 8. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled, this is in blue because this is the truth, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please God. So if you, if you let the Holy Spirit control your marriage, if you let the Holy Spirit control your household, if you allow the Holy Spirit to control your locker room, whatever it is, you're going to do things that are going to please God. So letting your sinful nature control your mind, time out. Remember what God told Cain. Cain, do what is right, because if you don't do what is right, be careful, look out, for sin is crouching at your door, ready every day to desire you. So watch what he says. So when you let your sinful nature control your mind, it will lead to death. Because Cain did what was against God's will and did what he wanted to do, created a lot of difficulty for him. Look at this promise, because it's in green. But letting the spirit... Control your husband. (laughs) Letting the Holy Spirit control your children. It's personal. Letting the Holy Spirit control your mind. So if you have thoughts that aren't good, intrusive thoughts, if you have thoughts that are leading you down the wrong path, if you start forecasting in fear and the negative and it's in your mind, you're going, oh, it's going to get worse. No, when you let the Holy Spirit control your mind, the, the, what the Spirit does for you is he downloads life and he downloads peace in your mind. Give him a praise offering for that. You cannot operate in fear and anxiety and be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you away from fear and anxiety and worry and concern. The things that you're trying to control, now when you let the Holy Spirit lead your mind, he'll take you away from things that are destructive. This is what, this is what blessed Enoch. This is why Enoch says, why do I want to follow the path of Cain? I want to listen to God. I want to obey God. I can't listen to God if I don't walk with God. But as I walk with God, as I listen to him, I know what he knows. I desire what he desires. I want what he wants. And as that starts happening, it's going to take me to life and peace. It is so simple. We make simple things very difficult. Look at verse 7 and 8. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It, it never did obey God's laws. And watch, this is a promise. It never will. 
It's never going to do what God wants. That's why those who are still under control of their sinful nature can never please God. Don't know how. Look at verse 9. But you, here's that special group, just like Enoch, you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Now watch this. And remember that those who do not have, listen to me, this is powerful. Those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Wow. So it's not just raising my hand? No, no, the raising of the hand is what's, what, you, you're, what you're showing me what God is doing inside of you. Don't think that I get saved when I raise my hand. I raise my hand, that's it. Now I can go live the life I want to live? No, that's not the Christian That's That's not the Christian life. That's consumerism. Hey, if I give you a tip, you're going to give me food? We don't, God's not a waiter. Come on, somebody say amen to that. So God says this through the Holy Spirit. And that's the other thing the Spirit does. The Spirit gives us a wisdom that we can't get our own. We can't get on our own. I've had people in my dad's church, Jose Casares, I love him to death. He can't read, but he can read the Bible. He can't read, but he can read the Bible. How can you read the Bible? I said, I don't know. And I go, I know. That's the Holy Spirit revealing to you what the truth is. He's learned to read. But when he first started, he, 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 was, he was illiterate. But... When he opened the Bible, he could read the Bible. That's, that's only God does that. And I've known, we, I, mean, I don't even know how long have we known Jose, 40 years, 45 years? You're not even that old yet, I am. So, 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 so I mean, it, we've known him for a long time. This is something powerful. This is something beautiful. That the Holy Spirit, you're saved because the Holy Spirit lives in you. When you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit went, shoom, and he lived inside of you. And now that he's in you, and now that you have that Holy Spirit, he's going to reveal to you what to do and how to live. This is, this is the life of Enoch as he was walking it. For us in the New Testament, we are the future, we are the present Enochs. We're the ones that walk with the Lord. Look at verse 10. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, or my body will die, your di- your, it will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life. Because you have been made right with God. It's the spirit who gives you life. Look at verse 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's powerful. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. You come to life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you do that, he gives you the the desires to start walking with God. So this was Enoch. Even though that's Old Testament, we can apply his life and this principle to our present day life, okay? This is what faith does. Faith makes you walk with God. Faith compels you to move towards God. Uh, You can't help it. You have that desire. Truth number two. God's presence is the most powerful thing in the universe. I want you to understand what I just said. The most powerful thing in the universe is the presence of God. Now, I want you to understand some important things. God is everywhere. God is omnipotent. I mean, he's, I'm sorry, he's omnipresent. Omnipotent is all powerful. God is everywhere. It's, it's omnipresent. He is everywhere in the entire universe. All right, the question always comes up that people always ask me, Coach, if God is everywhere... And how come I don't feel him? That's a fair question, right? I'm, I'm sure some of you in this room sometimes, maybe some of you watching, sometimes wondering, well, I don't feel him. Okay, our senses have nothing to do with the presence of God. Because there are moments, remember we talked about faith. Faith is believing in what you hope for, things that haven't happened yet. And faith is being certain of things that are unseen. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'll give you a good example, gravity. You don't see gravity, but it exists. Try jumping off the, try jumping off the chair and try to float. You can't. And if you think that, I don't know what you had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> 
gravity is present even though we don't experience it, even though it's there, it's there in our lives. So it's the same thing with the presence of God. God is present everywhere. And sometimes we think, man, God's not near me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God is with you. You just don't feel him. Your eyes can't see him. Your ears can't hear him. Your, your tongue can't taste him. Your nose can't smell him. Your, your fingers can't touch him. But just because he, you can't see him, taste him, touch him, all of the, all your senses, just because you don't have that doesn't mean he's not with you. When he says he is with you all the time and he will never forsake you, that is the gospel truth. So if you know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three guys that, that weren't going to worship the idol in, in the book of Daniel, they weren't going to worship the idol. And the king Nebuchadnezzar says, if you don't, you're going to die. All right. So they, they said, look, we're not going to do this. God will save us. But if he doesn't save us, you still need to know that we're not going to worship. So they didn't feel God at that moment. They didn't see God at that moment. Their eyes didn't see him. Their ears didn't hear God's audible voice. They didn't do that. They couldn't touch him. They couldn't taste him. They couldn't smell him. But they trusted in God. And they said, look, if God wants to take us home, he's going to take us home. That's it. But he's, he, he, we trust him. God was with them. They didn't see it. God was with them. And then a funny thing happens when they get into the fire, right? They get into the fire. He gets so mad. The king gets so mad. He turns it up so much that the soldiers who were taking him into the fire, they're the ones that died. But the three didn't die. How come they died? They could see they died. And those three don't die. God is with them. But they don't see God. Just because you don't see God doesn't mean God isn't with you. Just because you don't feel God doesn't mean that God isn't with you. He's omnipresent. Then all of a sudden, something happens in the fire, right? Boom. A fourth guy shows up. What is that? Uh, that is not the um, omnipresence of God. You ready for this? That is the manifestation and revelation of God. Now that is different than the omnipresence of God. There are moments, there are times when God will peekaboo. There are moments where God will reveal himself to you just for a second to go, I told you I was here. What? The doctor said right here that, that there's no hope. My, my, my son's going to die. He's got cancer. My, it's not going to happen. It's over. It's done. Peekaboo. What? We don't know what just happened. He was, he's the doctors are scratching their head. And you go, andale, no, que no. <laughs> I told you. Now, just because the God doesn't heal someone doesn't mean he, he, he doesn't exist. He's given them complete healing. They're going home. That's complete and total healing. But there are moments where God will reveal himself and manifest himself to us. And when he does that, that's powerful. So, so I don't know. I, I mean... You look at Adam and Eve, and when Adam and Eve were walking in the garden, they were walking in the, in the manifestation of God in the Garden of Eden. It's called the Shekinah glory. They were walking in the, in the presence with God. They were walking with God. And then they sin, and then the, the cherubim, and there's a separation between God and man, right? So now Enoch is walking with God outside of the Garden of Eden. It's not the manifestation of God, but he's walking with God and he's seeking God every day. Just like those of us here that have, that have our quiet time with the Lord, those of us that pray to God all the time, you're walking with God. Those of you that read your Bible and you want more, I mean, you're walking with him. I've got so many things to do. And so do I and so does everybody else. But you make priority for God. That's what, that's what Enoch did. He made priority. He made time for God. That was the most important part of his life. Now, there are other times when God has manifested himself, all right? Give you an example. God manifests himself um, <clears throat> to, to, to uh, Moses with a burning bush. He manifests himself with fire. It's like, wow, that's, there's the manifestation of God. There, there were times that, that Mount Sinai, while he was doing the Ten Commandments and the people were on, on the base of Mount Sinai, while Moses goes up, the the Bible says that the mountain shook. The presence of God was so powerful that mount, the mountain was shaking itself. That is the effect of the manifestation of God. 
When you go, when you go, and that's in Exodus chapter three about, about the burning bush. When you go to John chapter one, it says the word was with God, the word was God. And then, and then later on it says that the word became flesh. So Christ manifested himself on Christmas as a baby child and he manifested himself and went, peekaboo, here I am. The Holy Spirit manifests himself in Acts chapter 2 when, when the, the disciples are in the upper room and the Holy Spirit comes down and it's like a strong wind and there's flames of fire on top of their head and they start speaking in different languages. He manifests himself. There's one moment where all three are manifested at the same time and that's when Jesus Christ was baptized. When Jesus Christ was baptized, the manifestation of Christ God Christ in the flesh, the Holy Spirit that descends like a dove, and the audible voice of God that says, this is my son who brings me great joy. Boom, and then he doesn't manifest himself anymore. Does that mean as Jesus walks, oh, God's not with us anymore? No. There's churches that look for the manifestation of God and think that's the only time God is with them. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God is with you even though you don't experience him. He's with you the entire time. So have confidence and have faith and have trust that that's who God is and that's what he does. But whenever he reveals his presence, whenever he does that, you know what happens in the Bible. Everybody falls on their knees and they're scared to death. They faint because they cannot handle the complete, total presence of God when he manifests himself. The walk of faith is a walk of trusting God and listening to him. How do I know it's God's voice? The more you read his word, the more you'll know that God's, God's speaking to your spirit. You won't hear an audible voice. I've never heard an audible voice, but I know when it's the Lord speaking to me. It's usually in the sound of my wife. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there's a lot of benefits that happen there's certain things that happen when, you, when you're walking with God. This is, this is what Enoch experienced. So one of the things that he experienced was this. He had reconciliation with God. In other words, everything that was wrong became right when you were walking with God. You're, you're reconciled with him. You, 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 anything that's, that, that he doesn't agree with, that you're doing, it, it kind of goes off to the side and now... Now you're reconciled and you walk with him. And, and that kind of leads to the second thing. It, kinda, it helps you walk in your new nature. Now because you seek him and you walk with him and you listen to him and you desire him, not only are, is your relationship fixed, now all of a sudden your relationship is not only fixed, it becomes better. If you've ever been in a relationship where something happened wrong in a relationship, right? Whether it's your son or your daughter, whether it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, or you, you break up and you make up and you come back together and you reconcile together. Hopefully you reconcile and as you reconcile and come closer together, what starts happening is your love for each other grows a little deeper. That's what my prayer is. It happens to you. Because as your love grows a little bit deeper, you change it changes you because of that. It's like, man, what, what was I missing? I was over here trying to do something over here, and that was stupid. That was wrong. I, I mean, that was, I can honestly say now, that was my sinful nature. I wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit. I was listening to myself. Yes or no, right? So now it's like, well, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tells me to walk with God, just like Enoch did. And I walk, I'm going to walk with God every day for the rest of my life. If I walk with God every day for the rest of my life, can I tell you something? Your relationships will get better. Why? Because you are going to become a better person. As Enoch walked with God, he fixed the relationship by walking with the Lord. And as he walked with the Lord, then he changed and he became a better person. And the third thing that happens is you have an intimate fellowship with God. There's a beautiful fellowship. There's this intimacy that doesn't even require any type of touch. There's just a warmth that happens because it's been fixed. You've gotten better. And then you two become closer and become one. I want to be one with Christ. I want to be one with God. That's who I want to be. And that's, that's the life of Enoch. That's what he had. This walk of faith that listens to God also walks with God. And when you walk with God, you know. 
Everything tastes good. Everything tastes good. Everything is okay. You become stronger. The things that used to bother you, the things that were an emergency, they're not an emergency anymore. Well, they're still important, but you don't, you don't react like you used to. Come on, somebody say amen to that. It's, you know what it's called? It's called maturity. I'll tell you what it's called. It's called Colossians 2.7. As you're rooted in Christ, as you're rooted in his truth, there's two guarantees that are going to happen. One, you're going to grow in your faith. And two, you're going to overflow in gratitude. Because as you get stronger, you become more grateful. And you share love. And you're, you're grateful for everything. And now people are like, man, what are you drinking? I want some of that, Jesus. Uh, how do you do that? I just walk with him. What do you mean you walk with him? I walk with him and I talk to him and I listen to him. How do you listen to him? I read the word. Everything that's in red letters, I read. It's Jesus talking. I, I, I want to know more of Christ. That, I know that sounds so simple, right? It's like, that's, that's what Enoch did and that's why he didn't die? Yeah. That was it. Don't make it complicated. Let me give you scripture. Look at, look at what the presence of God did for David. I will bless the Lord. You know, you can bless God. Lord, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you because you guide me, because you direct me, because you coach me, because you teach me, because you lead me. I bless you. I thank you. I'm grateful to you. That's what David says. Even at night, my heart instructs me. This is what happens. Even when I go to bed, God, I still think of you. Sounds like your first girlfriend or boyfriend, right? Equally, I'm not going to get off the phone. You, 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 I'm me neither. Let's go to sleep on the phone talking to each other. Hi, honey. Hi, baby. Are you kidding me? Even at night, this is what David says, even at night, even at night, even as I go to sleep, I can't stop thinking about you. You've affected me so much. You've infected me with your love so much that even at night, you still speak to me. Isn't that wonderful? I know, I know truth. The Lord is always with me. And because of that, I will not be shaken. Hold on now. So if you're with me and you're unshakable and your kingdom is unshakable, then when, when you're with me, so am I. I'm a better man. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm a better son. I'm a better coach. I'm a better pastor. When I connect to you and I understand that you are with me, I can't be shaken. Oh, Satan's going to knock me down, but I'm not going to be destroyed. He's going to attack me, but we're going to conquer in the name of Christ. There's this unbelievable faith that happens when you walk with God. Not only are you better, not only are you free, you become stronger in Christ. You become stronger, and that's what all of us need. All of us need that. For he is right beside me. Omnipresence. Look at verse 9. No wonder my heart is glad. Huh. And I rejoice. My body rests in safety. Verse 10 and 11. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. There he's talking about Christ. Verse 11, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. That's why God took him home. He says, you're not gonna experience death. Come on. You seek me every day for 300 years, 365 times 300, you seek me that much, I just want you to come home right now. You desire me that much, I desire you that much. Emmanuel, if you could come up. I want to close with truth number three. I hope this is blessing you like it blessed me this whole week going, wow, Lord, I, I miss it. Sometimes I get caught up. I get caught up. I'm sorry. That's why that last song was great. I just want you. That's what this whole sermon is about. Truth number three, God rewards those who please him. That's a truth. 
God says, man, I'm with you. I can tell you what God says. I can tell you what Paul says through the word of God. I want you to listen. David tells his son Solomon in 1 Chronicles 29, 80, he says this. If you seek him, you'll find him. He says in Psalms 119, verse 10, with my whole heart have I sought thee, O Lord. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me. That's God saying that. I love those who love me and who seek me. And those who seek me early, they will find me. Look what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. It says this, you shall seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Ooh, that's a powerful promise. I'm going to read that one again. You shall seek me and you shall find me. And when you search for me, when you search for me, you'll find me with all of your heart. That's Jeremiah 29, 13. Listen to this scripture. Psalms 58, 11 says this. There is a reward. There's a special reward for the righteous. Proverbs eleven eighteen says this. To him that seeks righteousness shall be a sure reward. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these things that you worried about, like what will I wear? What will I eat? I'll, I'll add some more. What will happen to me? Will I succeed or will I fail? What's gonna, what, 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 what does the Lord have for me? He says, if you seek the Lord with all, if you seek him first and you seek all of his righteousness, all these things that, that make you lose sleep, he'll give those to you. Enoch figured it out. Enoch said, not only have I learned from Abel, not only am I gonna listen to God, not only am I going to obey God, the life of faith is I will walk with God. I will seek him all the days of my life. I will search him and I will find him and he will find me. James goes further and says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. These are promises that you must hold on to. Oh, we can talk about all the things that are wrong in our personal lives, in our private lives, in our public life, in our country, in the world. And there's a lot of things that are wrong in this world. Enoch lived in the time where right after he died and his son was born, his son was, was at the point where the flood happened during that time. Enoch walked around in a life where there was, there was multitude of sin all over the world. So much that God had to destroy the world. So don't think that Enoch doesn't know what our life is like right now. He doesn't know what we've dealt with and what we've struggled. His world was worse than ours right now. There were only eight people that survived the flood. That's how bad it was. And Enoch was a light in the middle of darkness and instead of using excuses, oh, I can't go to church, or oh, I can't do this, I, I can't, man, whatever it is, I've got too much to do. Oh, man, I'm, I feel like I'm the only one that's loving God. No one, it's horrible being a Christian right now. In the middle of all the struggles that Enoch and the whole society dealt with, he stayed true to God. I'm here to tell you, Young man, young woman, middle-aged men and middle-aged women, and then the good-looking ones, <laughs> us old ones. I'm here to tell you, don't let what you're dealing with, that you're struggling with, give you an excuse to walk away from God. Now more than ever, you need to walk with God. More than ever. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Emmanuel. You make my preaching sound better. <laughs> Five little things. I'm going to read a scripture and then we're going to worship our king. But, but as, as I give you these... Five things that walking with God does for you and how he rewards you in all of this. When we worship him, I want you to just, just glorify him. 
I want you to just get rid of all the stuff that you're worried about. I want to thank all of you who came up earlier and got prayed upon before the message. Did that clear your mind up to hear today's message, those of you that prayed? Yes, I thought it did. I, I prayed for, for three people, and I, I could just tell the Lord was doing some good things in them. Don't miss out on it. All right? So here's the five Ps that happens when you walk with the presence of God. Number one, peace. When you walk with God, you receive peace. And you receive a wonderful peace. And the reason why you receive a wonderful peace is because you, you have nothing to hide with him. There's a transparency and there's a beauty of like, hey, Lord, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take off my mask. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna walk with you and, and I love you, but I wanna confess to you all the things that, I've, that I'm doing wrong in, in my parenting or in my, in, in my, with my brother at, at my house or, or at work with an employer, with my husband or with my wife or even within the church. There's this one brother, I, I just, I wanna come to you, Lord. And I, I just wanna, I wanna dump all this on you because, I, I want to be transparent with you because I, I don't want to live another day in anxiety or worry. Father, I'm concerned about this. This is why prayer is so important. Prayer is so powerful. When you, if you need peace, you go and get prayed upon and we'll pray for you and we'll encourage you and, and we want to lift you up and go, animo cristiano, which means come on, have, have hope and understand you're going to be okay. But I want to remind you of what you have. Prayer is a powerful thing. When you walk with God, peace is inevitable too. When you walk with God, purpose is undeniable. Because now as you walk with God, you walk where he walks. When you get to a crossroad, do I take a left or do I take a right? If you don't, have, if you don't walk with God, you don't know which path you're going to take. You're going to do what's popular instead of what's right. But when you walk with God constantly, there's a purpose that God gives you. And it makes a decision so easy. Even though you're the only one taking a left and everyone else is taking a right, you have strengthened the purpose that God has given you. And you're not ashamed of it. And you're not afraid of it. And you embrace it. And you accept it. This is who I am because I'm who I'm walking with. Peace and purpose. Man, how many people don't have that in this world? You need to have purpose. In your home, your children need to see that you're people of purpose. You know, my wife and I are finishing a chapter in our life where uh, our last kid, Moses, moved, who was our first kid, we moved out of the house now, so everyone's out of our house, and it's just Roseanne and I. And, and this week was, you know, we, we, we did a lot of moving, but, but there was one moment where we, we were in our parking lot, and, and I said, honey, before I press, before we go reverse, I want to stop for a second, and I want you to think we did it. We did it. We took all the kids and all their difficulties. We did right. I've got, got a friend that I love and his mom's home and, and, and mama can say, I did it. I finished the race. I did what I was called to do. There's something beautiful when you stay on purpose and you stay on task and you finish the race and there's so many times you want to quit. Come on, don't leave me by myself. So many times you just want to say, I can't do this anymore. So many times you're frazzled because it's like, this is too much. God's asking me to do too much. I get it. But the more you walk with God, the more peace you have and the more purpose you have that, 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 that you, you take the left when everybody else is going in the wrong direction. You, you, you do that. It's powerful. So I'm grateful to you, Roseanne, for, for staying with it finishing it we, we, we reversed and pulled forward and go okay now the fun begins <laughs> now it's empty nesting dating with money I like it <laughs> the third thing you receive in the presence of God besides besides peace besides purpose the third one is progress. When you walk with God, 
you can't help but move forward. That's why his presence is so powerful. And that's why he rewards you with, with progress. You can't stay the same. You're always going to walk. You're always go- Walking is not sitting. Walking is not running. Walking is just slowly taking step by step. You know, what does is, what is Paul write in, in Philippians 3.12? I, I, I strain forward to what's ahead. I forget what is behind me. I'm always progressing. I'm always moving forward. It's what happens when you walk with God. Number four, the other thing that God gives you, and I'm almost done here, is privilege. Think about the privilege of walking with the creator of the universe. Not only do you desire him, but he desires you. He wants to hear your heart, even though he knows what you're going through. He wants you to to, to be with him. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to make time for him. What a privilege and what an honor that we don't serve a God like all the other fake little G gods in the world. He's the only God that is loved. All the other gods are punishers and angry. He is a loving, merciful, gracious God who loves you. And the final one, besides progress and privilege and peace, man, he gives you pleasure. The pleasure of life. I love life. I love life. Life is crazy. Life is uncertain. Life will throw you a curveball. I mean, it just does does, but I love it. I wouldn't trade anything about life. Life is pleasurable to me because here's what life walking with God does. He doesn't put me in a spaceship and make me go a billion miles an hour. He makes, he doesn't get me in a car and goes 60 miles an hour. Walking with God is getting out of the car, getting out of the spaceship and just walking with him and enjoying life at that pace. The older I get, the, the slower and more peaceful and tranquil I get. I, I notice sunsets a lot more. I don't notice flowers, sorry. But, but hey, look at the flowers. Let's go. But, but I really enjoy life more. I love every Tuesday morning. Every Tuesday morning, a very, a very dear friend of mine and I, we... We golf for four hours and we just walk. We don't take the golf cart. I don't want to take the golf cart. I want to walk. I want to experience every step and every moment. And I want to take it all in. I want to see all that God has made. When you walk with God, that's the pleasure he gives you. This is what Enoch experienced. Let's read scripture. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. My prayer is that that's how you're known. Look at verse 6. And this is the lesson of this series. And it is impossible to please God without faith and faith walks with God anyone who wants to come to him must do two things one believe that he exists and two that he rewards those who sincerely seek him will you seek him not just for one hour because we want this to be the best hour and a half of your life we want you to seek him and know him. Let's bow our heads and if the band could come up. Oh, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We lift your name high. We get so caught up. I say it all every week. <laughs> Teach us more of you. Teach us to just walk with you. This week, as people look through their small group questions on version, that 
they, they read these scriptures and they want more of you. Thank you for the example of Enoch and Abel, the way of the Christian walk, the Christian faith. Lord, we love you. I pray right now as we get into worship for those people that are struggling with their walk, that are struggling in their homes. Give them the purpose, the peace of your presence. Give them the privilege, oh, the pleasure, and the progress that they find only in you. Let us worship you. Let us glorify you. Let us leave all our problems beside. And right now, in these next four or five minutes of this song, let us completely and totally be immersed in you. I pray that in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Could you stand up and let's worship him?